Welcome back, folks and folkettes. It is the Detroiter. We are covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented to you today by the lovely folks. Also, it's just me at the second string for all your vintage apparel needs. I'll tell you this. I think I said it in one of the episodes last week, the week before 2022. We're going to keep the sports stuff coming. We're going to have the Lions, the Red Wings, the MSU, the Michigan gear. That's all going to be there. 2022 is going to be the year we take streetwear up a notch. We have some stuff coming out that would make your grandmother stand up out of her grave, kick off that dust, dirt, and bones, and throw on a streetwear fit the likes of which you've never seen. Got the Detroit inspired hoodie. It's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It reminds me of like an imagine, like I want to say imagination. <laughs> That's the way I want to describe it. It doesn't make any sense if I do describe it that way. It's like a little neon-y, like crayon colored pencil like almost. And then we got a new one either coming out this week or next week. I haven't decided. Cartoony, the second string Detroit. It's like a cartoon, good vibes, cool looking, cool art. Nothing too like the the angle I love for all this stuff too is like you want to wear it and eat fucking five bowls of popcorn and watch a movie. It's perfect for that. You want to go out to the bar and maybe scoop a number, maybe have 15 Coronas. It's good for that too. You want to go out, just walk around town. It's good for that too. All situations you want to impress bang. You want to be warm bang. You want to be comfy bang. You just need a piece of clothing to wear. You don't care what it is. Bang. All situations, all the time, if you're into art, if you're into cool-looking stuff, I'm telling you, the thesecondstring.com is up your alley. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Real quick uh, preface, I don't know what's going to happen. So my laptop has been on the mend for like, I don't know, a few months now, like actually more than a few months, like four, five, six months, long time. The screen, so a while back, I started to notice I'd open the laptop, like I'd close it, go to sleep, whatever, and I'd open it the next day. And down at the bottom, like at the top of the keyboard, where the keyboard and the screen kind of meet, it, there it would be sticky. It would be extremely sticky. And I was like, what happened? I didn't eat pancakes and use my laptop as a table that I can remember. What is going on here? I didn't pour molasses into my computer. I don't know what's happening. Turns out, as it was confirmed to me like the last week, Um, my screen was broken. My screen is cracking. Now, the only indication that the screen was fucked up is there's a little dark spot in the bottom left corner. Like it doesn't, that's it. It's just a little darker. I don't fucking care. That's fine. But now we're facing an issue where it's like, oh, I have to do something about it. Like an actionable issue. Now we're getting to the point where the screen is splitting into two pieces. So the back, like the top of the, of the screen the, pay, the part that has the Dell logo and faces out, that is separating from the part that has the actual screen on it, the part that you actually look at. Now, what that means is, A, it's falling apart. I don't know when I'm going to wake up and this thing, half of it's going to be on the ground. And B, my mouse now is on the fritz. My screen's a touch screen. Something about the screen coming apart has my mouse or has the computer thinking I'm touching all over the screen all the time. So this app, the website, like the, when I open up to record the podcast, 
my computer's just got a mind of its own closing, clicking, doing all kinds of shit. I don't know if it's going to randomly stop the recording. I don't know what's going to happen. So I just want to disclaim if the production sounds weird or if something crazy happens, like I just randomly get cut off. It's because my computer is quite literally falling apart as we speak. That said, good excuse. I've been meaning to get a new one for a while now. Good excuse to get one. Bad part. I don't want to spend money on it, but you know what? It's for the brand. We're going to take it to the moon. I'll have the next laptop for the next 10 years. I won't cause it. I don't know if I drop this one or what happened, but I will not split the next screen in two. So we can make, we can make improvements. We can get better. We can learn from our mistakes. And you know what? That's what life's all about, isn't it? Learning from our mistakes. And I can't wait to have the opportunity to do so. So with that said, with the disclaimers out there, with the infomercial on the second string and all the great products over there, let's get into it today. Outside of this very moment, you will not hear me mention the Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers. You will not hear me mention the Michigan State Spartans or the Michigan Wolverines after this moment. Today, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about this 2021 season. We're going to talk about the expectations for next year and, you know, the moves to be made this offseason. I haven't really delved into free agency and some of the possibilities they have there as far as acquiring talent, as far as really accelerating the rebuild. That is the nice part about the NFL. It feels like more so than any other league, I guess, outside of the NBA. You can really, really flip a roster in fast time. NBA, if you get Kevin Durant, you're going to be good. If you get one of those five, six, seven, eight guys that are just instantly your teams in the playoffs, you're going to be good. Catch is, usually those guys want to go to teams that already have other good players. Catch is, usually those guys want to go to teams that are located in New York or in Los Angeles. NFL, you can you can bring in five, six guys, improve a roster overnight. You really can. It's one of my favorite parts about the league. Don't get me wrong. It still does. It's a game that comes down to critical positions like Jared Goff, love him, hate him. However you feel about him. He's fine. I think, you know, he's whatever, but you can improve the roster around him all you want. At some point, the buck will stop with him. He's at the most key position in football. He's at the most key position in sports. At some point, the buck will stop with him and you're going to need to upgrade that position. And typically the quarterback, some of these more signature spots you're getting these guys through the draft, which at the end of the day, that's what the Lions will need to lean on. That's what I expect them to lean on. That's what everybody really should be expecting them to lean on. We're going to get these next two drafts. The Detroit Lions are going to have two wonderful chances to lock in top-tier talent at the most important positions in football. This season, got the number two pick. They're going to have a chance to go get Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau with number two and lock in what hopes to be an absolute stud at the defensive end pass rushing position. The most important spot on the field when the defense is out there in the next year, who knows they have two first round picks this year, maybe the second first round pick this year, who knows when they'll strike either this year, next year, they will also have chances to land a very, very, very high upside quarterback prospect. Now, most likely that pick will be next year. I would imagine the Lions, you know, if Rogers stays in Green Bay, especially, I'd imagine the Lions probably won't make the playoffs next year. 
And if that's the case, they're probably using that pick to take a QB. Now, I've seen some things. I've heard some whispers, read some things. They might use their whatever the Rams pick's going to be this year in that first round to take a QB, which is fine. I don't, I'm not married to the idea like we need to take a quarterback first, second, third overall. I'm not married to that. Plenty of good quarterbacks get taken after the top 10. Pat Mahomes, what was he? He wasn't a fucking top three pick. Justin Fields, now he hasn't panned out, but the Bears got him later than most, I think, thought he would go. I don't need the QB to be a guy that's picked first or second overall. If we have the first or second overall pick and that's the case, great. That's awesome. I'm not, like, if the Lions, let's say next year we have the 14th overall pick. If the draft comes around, I'm not going to be like, oh, we have to do everything we can to trade up to get one. I don't need that. Who? Let's see who's there at 14. There'll be a good quarterback there. I promise you there will be a quarterback there who with the right coaching, with the right environment around him, the culture, the locker room, the players to help him do his job more easily. There will be a quarterback there that is capable of winning games. There will be a quarterback there. Again, no offense to our boy Goff. <laughs> I hate fucking just throwing out these ricochets, but there will be a quarterback there that will have higher upside potential than Jared Goff. There will be everything we need at that spot. If we have the second pick, if we have the third pick, yeah, there'll be probably a higher upside player. We'll have a, a more of a pick of the litter with Brad Holmes. As far as we've seen so far, should be nothing but good vibes with Brad Holmes. Should be nothing but faith, the utmost confidence in Brad Holmes and whatever it is he decides to do. I'd like the idea of Brad Holmes having his pick of the litter, but maybe Brad Holmes doesn't necessarily need his pick of the litter. That's what we need to remember as well. We're going to get the DN this year, maybe a QB, but between this year, between next year, we will have the DN and we will have the future quarterback. And outside of that, go to free agency, third round, fourth round picks, get the wide receivers, get the cornerbacks, get the linebackers. We got the offensive line already. We've got the tight end already. We got St. Brown on the outside. Okuda, who knows if he can have a bounce back season. We got AO. We got Jerry Jacobs. Derek Barnes, he'll get better, you would think. We can shore up some linebackers. Like there is there is a foundation here. And if you hit with these critical picks in the next two years, being Kayvon or Hutchinson, being whoever it is we decide to go with at the QB position, if you hit on those critical picks, all of a sudden it's fucking cotton candy and motherfucking rainbows, dude. All of a sudden, you just got to pick up pick up some free agents. Pick up a linebacker or two. Pick up a safety. Resign Tracy Walker. Pick up a wide receiver. Maybe draft a wide receiver. Like, the path to the Lions being successful sooner than sooner rather than later is very much there. It's very much available. It's like the golden brick road or the yellow brick road. What we're going to see the wizard. We're going to see the super bowl. We're going to see the Lombardi. We're there. We're getting there. We're not quite there. The path is there. The blueprints there. We we've seen the sign. We have the map. We have the directions. We know how to get there. We're going to have a chance to get there right? We will have the chance. The opportunity will be presented to us. We think we got the right guys in charge. I think we got the right guys in charge. Let's see if they can execute. Got into the future a little bit quicker than I wanted to, but it rolled off the tongue. As far as this season goes for the Cats, and I don't know how long this will be, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. I don't know. 
I just want to talk about the season. I, I'm not going to get super in depth. I'm not going to go back and rehash specific games. Maybe a little. I just kind of want to talk about uh, how I feel. We had wild card weekend this Saturday. We got to watch Matthew Stafford win a playoff game. Finally, nobody, nobody deserves it more than him. I, if you're listening right now and you're a Stafford hater, I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Like, how, brother? How? How could you possibly be? So I was happy to see him win. But I'll tell you this. Just like, and I guess I broke my I broke my promise. Just like Michigan State, my Michigan State fandom, watching U of M win the Big Ten this year, how that got me kind of gassed up a little bit. Got me salivating a little Pavlovian response to winning a Big Ten championship. Got to see Stafford win. Kind of got me going for the Lions a little bit. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Pumping the brakes, pumping the brakes. Haven't won a playoff game since 91. We only won three games this year. It's not like we're coming off a fucking eight and eight season. Everything's looking up. We have our future quarterback. I know. But based on how this season ended, the last half of this season, based on the feeling around the team, based on the mood, the attitude, I think the feeling not only around the team, but the fan base, the city of Detroit, the way people here, Lions fans, are feeling, the way we're thinking, the way we're kind of projecting what's going to happen with the Lions. It's been good. It's been positive. I couldn't help but watch Stafford win that playoff game and start to think, hey, I'm kind of ready for the Lions to do that. (laughs) I know. I know Dan Campbell's only been here a year. I know Brad Holmes has only been here a year. I know Brad Holmes has only had one draft. I know there's going to be a point where Brad Holmes spends a second-round pick, spends a third-round pick, and that player doesn't turn turn into anything. I know that will happen. It's part of the fucking deal. I know Dan Campbell will at some point next year, maybe this offseason, who knows. At some point, Dan Campbell will do or say something stupid that makes me upset, that makes me have a little bit of hesitancy. That's part of the deal. I understand. But looking at the whole picture from where I'm sitting right now from the and in the timeline where we are at right now, with what we have coming to us in the future, what, what we know we already have, DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, Goff's fine, St. Brown, Amon, or uh, not Amon Ra, I just said that. Um, Tracy Walker, Okuda, who knows? The Okwara brothers, AO, Derek Barnes, Aleem McNeil on the inside. We've got a little bit, there's a little something to be excited about. There's a little something to give me that thought to say, oh, I wouldn't mind the Lions winning a playoff game. And it seems selfish and it seems crazy because it has been 31, (laughs) 31 goddamn years. I know. I understand. I hear you. I can't help it though. I cannot fucking help it. And I feel good about it. I don't know if it will be next year. If Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, I don't think it will be next year. That's the other thing with the whole Stafford when in the playoff game in the debate, like, was it, was it his fault or we, did we let him down or did he let us down? Whatever. I'm not interested in getting into that, but that's the other thing people kind of forget, or it seems to me at least like they forget, or at least, you know, refuse to acknowledge that poor fucking guy came in to the worst franchise in sports and had to go against one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played fucking football. 
his entire career. His divisional rival had to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, think about that. And the or and the Bears had years where they were good. The the Vikings had years where they were good. He had to play against and compete for the division with Aaron fucking Rodgers for all 12 years. Like when you talk about Stafford never winning a North, when we talk about Stafford not winning a playoff game, whenever you want to tell me how, oh, he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he couldn't do this, he had to play against Aaron goddamn Rodgers his entire career. In comparison, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Who the fuck was Buffalo's quarter? Who's any of Buffalo's QBs before Josh Allen? Tyrod Taylor. After that, who? Honest to God, after that, who? Couldn't name fucking one. Couldn't name one. The Dolphins? When, when's the last time they were good? Last year, they were all right. I think they still missed the playoffs. They just fired Flores. The Dolphins? I couldn't name you one quarterback of theirs outside of fucking Tannehill, outside of Tua, and outside of Fitzmagic. And the Jets? The Jets had a couple years in the early 2010s. Outside of that, the Jets and the Lions are fucking twin flames. Like, Brady's still the GOAT. Brady's, he's Brady. But keep that shit in mind. Keep that shit in mind. He's not going against Aaron Rodgers in his division. Matthew Stafford was. If Rodgers stays, I think it'll be tough for the Cats. If Rodgers goes, the NFC North suddenly is wide open for the taking for the first time since Brett Favre started playing football. Think about that. And like I said, there's been years. The Bears have had their years. The Vikings have had their years. Dude, 80s, 90s, Lions had their years. <laughs> It's so funny saying the Lions had their years. Yeah, 30 years ago, Lions had their years. It'll be wide open. If that's the case and Rodgers goes, I will, I will. I'm not saying I'm going to be going, yes, the Lions better make the fucking playoffs, the expectations, the playoffs. I don't know if I'll be doing that. I will be saying, why not, though? I will be having the, I'll be a why not guy. <laughs> How couldn't you be a why not guy? Rodgers leaves the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Okay. Well, I, okay. Great. That's awesome. The Bears with whoever decides to coach them in the worst front office and maybe own ownership in the NFL. Yep. That sounds great. And then the Packers, what are they going to do? Play Jordan Love? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Christmas came early. If that's the case, Rodgers goes and hosts Jeopardy. I like where the Lions are at. I think there will be an energy. If that happens, I think there will be an energy and an excitement around the Lions that we haven't seen since like those early 2010 teams where they were pretty good, where they had Stafford and Megatron and Tulloch and Levy and were winning games and were kind of, you know, they were they were flirting with the playoffs pretty much year in and year out. We won't we'll we'll see an energy we haven't seen like that or we haven't we haven't seen since that. I think they could deliver. Look at this season, dude. It, if you look at the frame of this season, three and 13 and one, not good. I, I don't want to, before I get into it, because I'm, I'm going to be mostly positive. How couldn't you be? How couldn't you be? I'm going to be mostly positive. And like I've said a million fucking times, and the one TikTok that kind of got this whole thing going, if you're going to be more negative and talk about how Campbell and Holmes can't and they won't and they'll never... I don't want to fucking hear it because unless you can explain to me 
how being negative around the most negative franchise in sports can improve the situation. Unless you can explain that to me, I don't fucking care what you have to say. How's that? Okay, so I'm going to be positive because there's no sense in being negative. And you know what else? It's not just blind positivity. I'm going to be positive because they've shown reasons to be positive. We've talked about some of them already. Brad Holmes with a very nice first draft. The improvement from the first half to the second half of the season. Some of these young guys that all of a sudden they went from, all right, we'll see, to are they a corner piece? I'm on Ross St. Brown. All right, we'll see. Ten years here. He's the future. He will be on this team for a long time. Hawkinson, cornerstone. Penny Sewell, cornerstone. Taylor Decker, we'll see. Frank Ragnow, cornerstone. Okuda, if he could figure it out, cornerstone. Like, we have guys. We have pieces. There are reasons to be excited. So don't bring that negative energy. Don't bring the, oh, this guy's a slappy. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. How could you, how, how are you saying that about the Lions? Shut the fuck up. How's that sound? I'm saying that about the Lions because I'm not a mental midget. I don't decide to lose the battle before it's even begun. How's that sound, dude? So let's talk about it. Now, again, the one bad thing I'll say, and it's truth, it wasn't a good season. Objectively, looking at, you know, the the fucking, the fact of what makes a good or bad football season, it was a bad season. Anytime you go 3-13-1, it's a bad season. Let me tell you that. Let me just let's let's make sure everybody's on the same page. You win fewer than like six, seven games. It's a bad season. You win three. It's a bad fucking season. You start off. What was it? Oh, and nine or oh, and 10. It's a fucking bad season, dude. It's a bad season. I don't care what happens the rest of the way you start off 0 and 9 0 and 10 it's a bad season you got the espn first take headline are the detroit lions going to be the first team to go 0 and 17 if that pops up at any point throughout the fall it's a bad season dude so it wasn't a good season but all things considered considering we knew it was going to be a bad season Nobody came into the year going, yeah, I don't know, eight and eight, nine and seven. Nobody was doing that shit. And I'll, by the way, I'm never going to. Well, my computer lived up to the billing just randomly in the middle of my fucking sentence. No manners on this computer randomly interrupts me, stop the recording. So I figured, you know what? Fuck it. This is probably a good time to run the ad. We're back. As I was saying, by the way. I'm never going to acknowledge that there are only or that there are 17 games now. It's just eight and nine. It doesn't make sense. Eight and eight makes sense. It's symmetrical. It just it's even. It makes more sense, right? So we'll just do the 16 game thing forever if you guys don't mind. As I was saying, you go three and 13, not a good season. But all things considered, like knowing it was going to be bad knowing they weren't winning more than I like what was the best outcome for the Lions this year? Six wins, seven, eight maximum, like maximum every single thing goes their way in every single game, eight maximum, right? Three and 13, whatever is what it is. But the way the season progressed, 
the storylines throughout the season. And we've talked about this a million times. If you've been a longtime listener, if you've followed along for a little while now, we've talked about this a bunch when we get, when we talked Red Wings, when we talked Tigers, when we talked Pistons. Like, we know these teams aren't going to be winning. We know these teams aren't fucking contenders. We're not watching to see them win 70% of their games. We're watching them to see, okay, is there something to get excited about? Is there improvement? Are the young guys doing well? Do the people in charge give the impression that they're good at what they do? That's why we watch. We're not watching to see how many games can we win this year? No, no. Because if that was the case, we'd have all been dead in like 2014, dude. If that was the case. When you apply that to, to the line, oh my God, it just stopped me again. This is, uh, I'm going to have to wrap it up soon here because I don't know what's going on. I need a fucking new computer. God, dude, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I don't see what, what fucking blows. Let me, let me fill you in what sucks. So here's what happened. I was going, it was good. Got, got stopped because of the computer. All right, fine. We're back. Throw in the ad. We're good. We're good. You heard that last clip. I just got stopped again and I started talking again. I started recording for like six, seven minutes. I was on another roll. We're good to go. And then it randomly closed. It didn't stop the recording. It closed the software, which I couldn't save what I was talking about. So now I'm starting to waste time and I'm getting, I'm recording and it's not being saved and I'm getting angry because the screen's almost broken, but ideally I'd like to get my new laptop, transfer some things and then fucking smash this one. But my God, do I want to put my heel through this fucking computer screen? Positive vibes only. We're talking about the lines, the future's bright. It's all good in the goddamn hood. God. Anyways, 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 we have some pieces. This is what I was talking about. I don't know what I've skipped at this point. I'm going to just pick up where I was talking. We have pieces. We talked about Dan Campbell. All right, that's what I was talking about. Dan Campbell is a leader of men. People want to play for him. This team wasn't good, right? To go 0-10, that fucks you up, bro. I was I In high school, we stunk. Troy High School, shout out, Colts forever. We stunk. We went three and six and then one and eight going one and eight was the most depressing thing I've ever done, dude. Like by game six, by game five, by game four, you're like, bro, I don't want to go to practice this week. I don't want to go to the game. Like this sucks, dude. In high school, imagine being the NFL. Imagine playing in front of 50,000 fucking people every week. Imagine getting paid and you stink at it. You lose constantly. Imagine you're getting paid either way but you still want to come and show up and work hard. That's Dan Campbell. Give me that guy over the guy who's been studying play sheets since he was 11 years old. That's kind of the gist or the beginning of the gist of why to feel good. I don't, did I even give the rant where I'm like, don't be a, don't be negative. It's doing nothing. God, this sucks. But beyond Dan Campbell, God damn it. This is twitching again beyond. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, dude. Beyond Dan Campbell. We got other pieces. Got the front office. Got Brad Holmes. Got people helping Brad Holmes. Chris Spielman. Dan Campbell, leader of men. We got players. I'm on raw. Wasn't supposed to be anything. Guy. TJ Hawkinson. Guy. Didn't have the biggest statistical year, but I'm a big, I'm a big he's good at football guy. Like, I think the NBA is the best sport for this. You just watch a guy play and it's like, oh, that dude's fucking sweet. Or that dude's at least good. He knows what he's doing. I think Hawk's one of those guys. Like, it's just, oh, that guy, he's a good player. 
sure he's not fucking Travis Kelsey. He's a good fucking player. He blocks, he can catch passes, he's a mismatch. I honestly think the lackluster of Hawk's career comes far more from his misuse than it does from him. I think it's like, oh, they threw it to him twice today. What do you want him to do? How do you want him to be Travis Kelsey if he's getting the ball thrown twice to him? Right? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But you watch him play. He's a, he's a good player. He is capable of being a difference maker. The offensive line we've talked about, Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnall. We'll see what happens with Decker. Jonah Jackson, Big V. The offensive line, we've got pieces. The Okwara brothers, young, solid guys. Oruwarie was solid. If Okuda can figure it out, solid. Derek Barnes, he's got room to grow. He was playing, though. He was working his way out there. Tracy Walker, Jerry Jacobs got hurt. Like, there are guys. It's not just the coaches. There are guys that work around, too. There's Brad Holmes making good decisions. There's Brad Holmes making the Stafford trade, which, like, let's not forget, was a great trade. It was a great trade. Two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. I don't know how much. What's Stafford going to play? One or two, three, max more years? Two first-round picks? Yes, dude. Yes, dude. It's a great trade, and it's going to pay off because they've got these young guys. They're going to sign some more free agents, and they're going to have two first-round picks join the team this year. They're going to have two guys that, if they do it right, if they if they live up to what they've done so far, they're going to add two guys that are able to come in and play right away, that are at least going to make a case to play right away, that are at least going to be given the chance to play right away. That's huge, dude. Like The path to the Lions being competitive, the path to the Lions flirting with a playoff spot, much shorter than people think. I think it's much shorter than people realize. Again, like I said, I'm not certain they'll make the playoffs next year. If Aaron Rodgers is back, it's going to be much tougher for sure. I'm not certain they're going to make the playoffs next year. I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. I think they'll flirt. I think they'll, they'll make it interesting. I think they'll be playing meaningful games in week 12, week 13. I, I do. I do think that. Although we could use that stud quarterback, we could use another one of these first round or first overall, second overall picks to take the stud quarterback. I don't think we're going to get one next year. I think if you didn't add anything to this team, you just signed backups, you brought brought the rest back. I don't think if you didn't add anything – to this team. I think they'd improve. I think they'd flirt with a playoff spot regardless. I think they'd win six, seven, maybe eight games. I do. I really do. Do you add a couple people? You had two first round picks. You had Okuda who, you know, I'm not saying like adding Okuda, (laughs) but you never know. You add Okuda, you had two first round picks. You add, I don't know, two, three, four free agents. All of a sudden, those guys add up. You had two picks, three, four free agents. It's five, six guys. Okuda, seven. Dude, all of a sudden, you are t- you just added a bunch. And, oh, yeah, you're bringing everything back. Like, I, I do think they're going to mess around and flirt with a playoff spot. And at that point, when they do get to that point, when they are winning eight games, maybe nine games, 
when they're making it a little interesting, the NFC North race, then you go out. I don't know how you, whether it's free agents, whether maybe you throw a couple darts at the board in these later rounds drafting a QB, you go out. And when the day comes that you find that QB, now is when it's like, okay, it's been fun getting here. It's been fun winning or making the playoffs. You f- you throw that QB into that mix. All of a sudden, it's like, let's win one of these playoff games. All of a sudden, let's win a couple of these playoff games. All of a sudden, let's win the whole fucking thing, dude. And the Lions are on that course. They are setting up beautifully to get to that point. I really do believe it. I really do. And it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. I haven't, like I said at the top, I haven't dove in, divin in. How does that, oh, it's dove divin. I don't know. I haven't dove in yet and looked at, oh, who, who we got here? Who we got? I haven't looked at that free agents wise. We, like I said, we already kind of know what's going to happen with the draft. I'm excited for this team. I thought this year, while they had those games, like that Ravens game, it's like, dude, how do you, how the fuck did they lose that game? The Vikings game, the first one, like, bro, the Steelers game, you should have won. Like, you even look at that. And while those were frustrating and those are problematic and like that, those games, it's like, win the fucking game. Win those games. You should win those games. I don't care. You're in the positions that they were in. Win the fucking games. Even though that's all true, like you, you throw that into the equation. Oh, they could have won five, six. They did lose. They lost. So let's not, it's not the whole, oh, you know, they pretty much won. They still lost for sure, but they're right there. All of a sudden, you're going to give them an influx of talent because uh, that's the other thing. The Lions have more to gain this offseason than every other team in the NFL not named the Jaguars. Of every other team in the league this year is going to, tr- or maybe not every team, but most teams this year are going to try and get better. They're going to try to add to add free agents. They're going to try and make a couple trades. They're going to draft players. Every single team in the NFL this year is going to do whatever it takes to get better. They're going to make sure those draft picks make them better. They, they're going to make sure anybody they sign makes them better. The catch is this. The Detroit Lions have the most room to improve, the most potential, the highest differential fucking bars bud they have the highest potential to, to improve outside of anyone not named the or anyone named the jags i can't talk they do that's a scary thought and 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 aaron Rodgers might fucking hit the jeopardy set <laughs> and one of those draft picks one of these high big time prime time guys is going to be a defensive end pass rushing extraordinaire Dude, how could you not be excited? How could you not feel good? Three and 13, not a good year. Not good. Bad, bad, bad. Put tomato, tomato. But a lot of good things happened. The way they went three and 13 was good. They improved. They got better. They kept showing up. They wanted to be there. They wanted to play for their coach. Right, They wanted to play. Did you see the fucking locker room video after they won that first game? The celebrations. Brad Holmes is jumping up and down, blasting champagne. Like They want it. The people in charge, the people that are responsible for the Lions, the people that are taking care of the Detroit Lions, they want it, dude. They're about it. They're about that fucking life. Like 
maybe this is Homer biased, whatever. I don't care, dude. I don't, I don't fucking care. Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, not only are they about it, but they give me the vibe that like they're about it in Detroit. They're about not only winning a Super Bowl, they're about winning a Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions. Like they're really about it. I think Sheila Ford so far, she's been about it. She made changes when they need to be made. She seems to be more involved, which you don't need to be Jerry Jones, obviously, but it's good to see she's involved. You should be involved. You should fuck. You're the fucking Ford family. You should care about the Detroit lions. And it's good to see that she does. It's good to see that she's involved. She's in the draft room with MCDC and Brad Holmes. Like, I like that. I like that. Now don't, don't be in there saying, Oh, you should pick this guy. And she doesn't give those vibes at all. Like she seems more kind of there for moral support, whatever, which is fine, which is great. I love that. She's there at all. I love that. She does care. I love that. She thinks to herself, you know what? I don't know shit about this tight end we're going to draft. I don't know shit about our positional needs, but I'm going to go hang out all night in the draft room because I just want to be around what's happening. I'd like to be informed. Maybe I'll learn something. I want to offer if they need any, you know, if Holmes, Campbell, anybody has a question, like, I just want to be there. I want them to know that I'm thinking about it, that I'm involved, that I'm too interested and invested in the good decision, like the good decisions. I like that out of Sheila Ford. I do. I do. And again, I've said it. Who knows what will happen? The signs are there. The signs are there from the ownership. They're there from the front office, the coaching staff. I mean, Aaron Glenn, hopefully we keep him, is already getting interviewed at all kinds of places. Denver, we've seen the young players. We have an arsenal of draft picks. The feeling from the fans and the city seems to be pretty positive. It's a good time. It feels good. And as crazy as that, as crazy as that is to say, as crazy as it is, as it is to say, A, to be a Detroit Lions fan, but B, to come off a three and 13 season, to have the number two pick and still be a Detroit Lions fan, as crazy as it is to say that I feel good, I feel good, dude. I really do feel good about the Detroit Lions. I feel like it's going to change, to be honest. I feel like the lines are going to change. I don't know to what degree. I don't know how long it'll happen for. I think Dan Campbell, I think Brad Holmes, they're going to they're gonna do things differently. And with that, the results will be different. I think they'll, they will make the playoffs. I think they'll figure out a way to win a playoff game too. I do. I don't know if they'll win a Super Bowl. That's fucking tough. It's fucking tough. That's a conversation for when they draft the quarterback. I think they'll win a playoff game, though. They'll figure it out enough to do that. They'll find a quarterback that can do that. They'll assemble a team that can do that. I really do. I think it's a great, as good as it could possibly be coming off a 3-13 and in one season and having the number two pick, I feel as good as I possibly could. I don't know how you couldn't. I don't know how you couldn't. That's all I got today, folks. I appreciate everybody out there listening, supporting, sharing. Um, I appreciate all the messages. I've been starting to kind of virtually meet some of you guys, DMing and shit like that. Always appreciate the messages. Good to see. They, uh, you know, they're fun. It's cool. Like I said a few times earlier this month, I'm working on the Patreon. I'm going to do something, videos. I'm still getting settled, but we will have something new coming. Got the shirts going. That's it. 
That's all I could think of. So I appreciate you guys. Um, I will be back on the second string pod tomorrow and then back on the Detroiter next week.